0: Hey there everybody and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. I'm Scott Lentz, and as always, here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. Now, Christian, this may be the second time someone is hearing this introduction today. Could you go ahead and explain to the out of the loop listeners why that may why that may be? So
1: we said we lied.
0: <laughs> it was Basically. What?
1: Little, we, little, little tiny lie. We said we would have our Marvel rankings episode out by the end of November. It turns out the last day of November is that they were recording it. Which
0: you can blame on the the surprise guests that we were bringing on for that show. No, 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 that,
1: it is not their fault. <laughs> uh, we could have we could have recorded it last week on uh, Monday. I said I wanted more time <laughs> to rewatch Marvel movies. That's
0: right. So I'm just trying to cut you some slack here, but yeah, it is Christian's fault. <laughs> hey, the two I, you know it's fair because I I was able to rewatch plenty more too. So
1: you were able to re- you were able to watch Chaos Walking.
0: <laughs> Excuse me, please don't drag my shame into this. I was able to watch many more MCU movies than non. I'll have you know, sir. But yeah, I did watch Chaos Walking uh, in a short review. Don't watch Chaos Walking unless you're really really into Tom Holland or Daisy Ridley.
1: Which a lot of people are.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're like a Mads Mickelson completist, maybe, because
1: he's probably the best thing about that movie, which is true of most movies he's in. I forgot he's in Doctor Strange. Yeah. He, sh- he sure is. Like, he was... His eyes weren't doing too hot in Doctor <laughs> Strange. That's neither here nor there. So, hello. If this is the second episode on this Friday you are listening to for us, thank you for having so much time driving. Yes, of course. I you enjoyed that MCU episode. Or, like, a five-hour dump where you were just, like, listening to podcasts the whole oh, time. Oh, boy, Christian.
0: Why'd you gotta bring that into this?
1: <laughs> Look... A lot of... I, I listen
0: to podcasts on the toilet. Okay, so before this goes into f- further TMI territory, this is our second episode of the week, possibly of the day, depending on when these both end up dropping. But either way, thank you for being here and for listening. And as you know from the title of this episode, we wanted to take some time here because it's December now, which is crazy. This year is already passed us. It's another... I mean, a full calendar year of cinema trip. And before we reflect on the year, we're actually going to be doing some. Wait,
1: does does that mean that our awards are next week?
0: Uh, I mean, they don't technically have to be. We're the, the, you know, masters of our own destinies here. Frick. Okay, keep going. (laughs) But before we look back on 2021, we're actually gonna be looking ahead at 2022. As of course, there are a ton of great movies coming to theaters, coming to VOD, coming to Redbox, all kinds of things that we're looking forward and ready to watch. And so we wanted to set aside some time to make sure that we could hit on some of these. And of course, hopefully hear some of your ideas for movies you are most excited about looking ahead. Christian, in general, how do you how are you feeling about 2022? Because 2021 was a year that, you know, cinemas were slow early in the year. But once things started to open back up, a lot of big movies came out, people obviously are enthralled at some of these things, especially Marvel related, they were really the big money winners of the year. Uh, f9 for you fast and furious folks but it still did seem like you know things were a bit slow to the gate And 2022 will be our first fully normal year since 2019 so how are you feeling in general about next year
1: i am i don't i feel like there are a lot of movies that don't have release dates right and some of those movies without release dates are movies that are going to be so this is a list episode y'all are made my list because i'm assuming they will be completed in time to get or are completed and are just looking for distribution. Um here's the thing also though i am looking forward to all the movies that didn't make our list because we don't know about them. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we're still at a time where mo- there's a lot of stuff on the calendar which is exciting and there's a lot of stuff like spoiler alert spoiler alert i will be doing sundance again is the is the hope tickets go on sale i think in two days uh or at least the program comes out so i am looking i, I i'm excited and some of the movies that i saw in sundance last year like my number one movie or st- have still not come out and are look and are, are going to be distributed in 2022 yes
0: yeah that is always the challenge of a conversation like this is because of course there's Always going to be movies that we think are going to come out in 2022 and then get pushed or get moved. Or there's things that we haven't seen yet because they're not even announced. And I mean, for example, House of Gucci came out over Thanksgiving weekend and it's a movie that Ridley Scott, I mean, it was in development hell for a long time. Ridley Scott finally made it and released it all within 2021. Things finally came together. And so there are movies that will come out by the end of the year that aren't even announced yet. And so
1: but let's also this is all say... speculative. Let's also say there are some bangers on the calendar for 2022. Yes, there are. There are some straight-up bangers, like, existing intellectual property that we, we joke that we sold out during Marvel Month. No, we are suckers to the system like everyone else.
0: <laughs> some of us more so than... <laughs> some of us co-hosts more so than others, as our listeners will come to find out. But yeah, we got some filmmakers... Coming back to the movies after a couple years away, we got some folks staying active, we got franchises coming back, Marvel and DC are in full swing again. It is going to be, hopefully, an awesome year and we're excited to chat about some of these movies coming up because I can tell you honestly, there are a couple coming out that we've been we've been waiting for for some time and I'm ready to talk about them, but others that are kind of new on our radar that I'm looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts on, Christian, and sharing some of mine.
1: How many of the movies that were on my list did you not know about? So,
0: I, I will confess that my research was not as thorough as Christians, so pardon in advance, but uh, after you texted me your sort of finalized list, I believe, well, for one, I didn't know one of them, I forgot one of them wasn't coming out in 2021, <laughs> and then I had not heard of, I think, three of the five on your portion of the list, so some that were definitely brought to, to my attention. And we'll tell you right now, this is going to have a little bit of format here, so we're going to kick things, we're going to have three separate lists. Woo, buckle in, it's not going to be that long, don't worry, you can you can finish up this drive.
1: I'm excited about this episode, let me just say,
0: I'm kind of excited! <laughs> it's going to be fun! So, we're going to share, each going to share our top five movies that we are most excited for, and just so happened, didn't make the other person's list for whatever reason and you know if need be the other person will chime in but in general i think we are looking forward to all of the movies that we're each looking forward to all the movies we'll be discussing today then we have a shared top 5 because as we were texting about you know our options for this there were a few that came up for both of us and so you can think about it this way we're each going to share our own personal you know 6 through 10 and then we'll get into our respective top 5s essentially
1: Uh, Should we do honorable mentions at the beginning or at the end of our personal list?
0: I I like to do honorable mentions at the end so, you know, no spoilers. If someone's like ooh, I'm really hoping that this movie makes the list because they're excited, you know, we'll we'll make them wait and see. Always, you know, leave a little bit dangling out
1: there. Uh let's let's start with you Scott. What is your number 5 movie you're let's most excited do it, Christian. for?
0: You? So my number 5 movie is coming from one of my personal favorite franchises, a movie that I have a lot of fun memories with. Every time I've seen one of these movies it makes me get a big little smile on my face and it's coming back to movies next year and that movie is John Wick Chapter 4. So we haven't had a chance to talk John Wick on the podcast yet but I am a huge fan of these movies. I think the first and the second are exceptional, and the third one is, is still quite good, which I actually saw with your roommates before they were your roommates. I mean, this movie came out before we moved to LA, but we were on campus at an event at UCLA, and the three of us were trying to catch a showtime in Westwood, where UCLA is, and we literally ran from campus to the theater to make sure that we could get there as the showtime started, so you can you can tell the kind of love that I have for this movie. My my need to see it will force me to exercise, but I'm a huge fan of the just the phase of his career that Keanu Reeves is in. I'm looking forward to the Matrix Resurrections coming out at the end of 2021. Here, I'm a huge fan of the John Wick movies, and even though they're sort of getting lost in the sauce when it comes to world building and introducing new characters, concepts, elements of this this world of assassins these movies are like almost immaculately made action movies and so even if you can get over some of the ridiculous story elements there is a lot to enjoy so easy pick for me at number five for my personal list John Wick chapter four
1: Christian any John Wick feelings for you? I've seen the first one and I could tell that about ten minutes was spent on coming up with the concept (laughs) and writing the screenplay (laughs) I would say the screenplay probably took a couple hours
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, these, the, the world-building in these movies get get it gets progressively ridiculous as it continues on. But Look,
1: conceptually, very simple. I'm glad that people want justice for dogs, is what I have to say about John Wick. True
0: that. A lot of fun guys working in action. Keanu is great. Tons of fun supporting characters. I'm all in. I'll make you watch the other ones with me, and we'll go see it. Okay. Christian, what is your number five?
1: So my number five is The Fablemans, which is going to be... Um, it's a Steven Spielberg co-written with Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg directed movie, uh, based on partially based on his childhood growing up in Arizona in a Jewish family. Uh, and it is his first foray into screenwriting since AI, which was my favorite movie that we reviewed last year on the pod. I think that's one of the main reasons because I like Spielberg as a director and I loved him as a screenwriter. And so I am, very interested in what is going to happen like how he's going to do basically this entire familial thing it's got michelle williams as the mom seth rogan as the uncle paul dano as the father i mean this this cast is kind of great i love paul dano i love michelle williams i can't wait for how tender it is especially since ai is a very tender movie um, and Spielberg is known for portraying children as, like, humanizing children. Not that human children need to be humanized, but giving them kind of much more of a three-dimensional lens right. than some movies do. So my number five is The Fablements, and uh, you, were, you, you did not know about this movie beforehand. Uh,
0: you know, I may have heard mention of it somewhere, but I, I'll basically say I was not very familiar. I... I I mean, everyone's a fan of Steven Spielberg. I don't. I don't think you'll ever meet someone who would say they actively dislike him. Certainly, people have their preferences for the phases of his career, and I think for many people, the '70s, '80s, '90s, you know, his his work. Um, they would say maybe it, it peaked and he's been doing great stuff obviously he's still getting best picture nominations and all that but yeah it's not something that was majorly on my radar so i'm glad that you brought it back up as now it is and hey he's writing this movie with tony kushner who is also writing this adaptation of west side story that is coming out later this year so we'll see how that lands but if it works out well could be a good ongoing collaboration for
1: the two of them the spielberg stand-in as a child is going to be played by gabriel Lebel, who's a newcomer and i remember looking like seeing online auditions for come audition for the 12 year old boy part in the new untitled new written steven spielberg movie and i'm like if i'd been 10 years younger and <laughs> white you know <laughs> oh i totally <laughs> could have been Oh, twelve 12 years younger but anyway <laughs> All right, let's 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 move on to your number four.
0: My number four, continuing in a, a very franchise-heavy zone, but different than this character normally gets. Number four is The Batman, of course, directed by Matt Reeves and starring Robert Pattinson. We're getting a new Batman movie in 2022, Christian, and let me tell you, I've been jonesing for this thing ever since they announced Bobby Pats was going to be playing Bruce Wayne. I think for a lot of... I don't know the best way of saying this, but Robert Pattinson hated making the Twilight movies, as did Kristen Stewart. And so, the two of them shook hands and parted ways, and then went on to become two of the most acclaimed young actors of their generation, because they started picking different, better projects. And it's not like the two of them completely avoided franchises. Twilight Twilight isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> But the two of them have gone on to make a ton of great movies. And so for some people, they're like, what the heck? They got the Twilight people for this? But that's just incorrect. I mean, Robert Pattinson's been all over the place. He's been in movies as big as Tenet. And so he's been around, and I'm really looking forward to his take of the character. I can say that his Bruce Wayne looks kind of dorky. And his Batman looks kind of awesome. So I'm curious to see how they handle that because of course Bruce Wayne looks emo. <laughs> yeah, I know, the hair the hair leaves a bit to be desired. But we do come to these movies for the Batman. I also want to say, Matt Reeves is a really exciting director for a movie like this. You might know him from Cloverfield, if you're a Cloverfield fan, or two of the three recent Planet of the Apes movies, which have someone gone under the radar just because there's not, you know, Planet of the Apes movies in the works right now? It was sort of like happening early on with MCU. They're big budget blockbuster movies, but people don't really talk about them anymore. And I would say that both War for the Planet of the Apes and or got it backwards or Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes are really quite good and Dawn especially. And so... I'm really looking forward to seeing Matt Reeves's take on another giant big budget movie like this. Cause he's incredibly capable. He's shooting it with Greg Frazier. Who's coming off a of dune. <laughs> so we know he uh, is certainly good at his job. And I think if there's anything that could go wrong with the Batman, it might be too many, basically just too many major characters. Um, Catwoman is in this movie. The Riddler is in this movie, Jim Gordon, Alfred, uh, Alfred the Butler, but I'm really excited about the Batman. It's coming out in March and I've been looking forward to this one for a while. So, Christian, any Batman thoughts for you? I know your guy Christian Bale is is, uh, no longer at the center, so I'm not sure how much you care about Batman, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) I'll see (laughs) it. Says it all.
0: Yeah, I, I think one thing, too, and uh, then we can move on from this one, but I, I'm curious to see how this will fit in with the EU, which just, like, sounds gross to say, <laughs> but we did finish talking about the MCU, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I have not been the biggest fan of this current incarnation of DC movies. Has anyone... I mean... I, some fanatical Zack Snyder people are all over it. I, I mean, at, this, at the time of recording, okay, look, I still I, haven't I d- seen Zack Snyder's Justice League.
1: So. I defend people who defend Zack Snyder. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to defend <laughs> Zack Snyder, but I will defend his defenders. So,
0: I mean, even movies that have been well-liked, like Aquaman, I wasn't a fan of. I have... I mean, I liked Wonder Woman. I really liked Birds of Prey as well. So I've liked some of the DC Shazam. movies. I, I did like Shazam too. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm curious to see how this one fits in. I was, uh, supposedly, it's supposed to sort of be its own thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I hope that they stick with that, but we'll see. So, my number four is The Batman. Christian, back to you.
1: Uh, my number four is untitled as of right now. It is a David O. Russell written and directed project. Um, I'm going to give a caveat here and say that I do... I no longer like talking about David O. Russell because of his past. That being said... Um, There are good movies that are being made, and this one has a stacked cast, and so I'm not going to say his name again, but I'll say the names of who else is working in this movie. It's being shot by Emmanuel Lubezki, who shot Birdman, and nothing else. (laughs) And and nothing else? What? (laughs) Oh my god. I gave the name that mattered. Chivo, he's back. Uh, And it, premise, very simple, a doctor and a lawyer form an unlikely partnership, and it stars one of my dads, Christian Bale.
0: (laughs) Speaking of the Batman...
1: (laughs) Uh, and it also stars, I think, Margot Robbie is probably either the doctor or the lawyer. But, I mean, look, John David Washington is in here. Rami Malek, Zoe Saldana, Robert De Niro, Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant.
0: Taylor Swift, anybody? I don't think she's here. but <laughs> <laughs> She'll be in this movie, according to Letterboxd. Anya Taylor-Joy. Michael
1: Shannon, Chris Rock, Robert De Niro, <laughs> Mike Myers. So Everybody in Hollywood's tapped this movie. I am excited to see what comes out of this and uh yes i don't know if you i think you did know about you you knew about this movie beforehand yeah yeah I'm it, familiar. there was talk that it would come out 2021 at some point but it was pushed i'm assuming to just yeah. be completed
0: yeah yeah that's what i would assume too yeah um i sorry to say his name again but yeah david russell he has been accused of some pretty bad things and so i would encourage you to check that out just you know be aware but we do like some of his movies. I've discussed them here on the show. We talked about Silver Linings Playbook and The Fighter, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm also a fan of American Hustle. I know not everybody liked that movie, but I had a really good time with it. I saw it in theaters. That was the last time I saw it, but I thought it was really good. So, yeah, definitely a movie that were it to come out in 2022, um, especially with a cast that ridiculous and Emmanuel Lubezki at the helm in terms of the visuals. Uh, yeah, I will be there. Um, but, yeah, a Russell figure. Um, we'll see how his... Um, how people deal with that because a new movie from him will bring some
1: baggage. He, he hasn't made a movie since Joy in 2015, and the world is different from who it was in 2015. Yes, so
0: that is correct.
1: Uh, let's go. Number three.
0: My number three, uh, you'll sense a theme of who is the person picking IP related movies and who is not, because my number three is Mission Impossible 7. I uh, speaking of franchises, I'm an enormous fan of. I'm an enormous fan of the Mission Impossible movies. Tom Cruise is an absolute maniac, and may may the Lord on high keep him safe because he keeps going bigger and better in the most ridiculous ways to make these movies. And I, I mean, I, it's a franchise that I've sort of come to love a little bit later in life. And Mission Impossible Fallout, the last in this um, in this series, which came out 2018 is a movie that was one of my favorite movies of that year. I think they are absolute action movie bliss, j- differently from John Wick, where John Wick's all about the balletic gunplay and Keanu Reeves, you know, wasting bad guys. I just
1: want to see Tom Cruise jump out of planes.
0: Exactly. This is about Tom Cruise climbing buildings, jumping out of planes, getting in hand-to-hand combat, even though he's very old at this point. He looks great. Uh, Yes. I mean, that Hollywood money goes a long way. But, they, I mean, these movies also have a really exciting supporting cast as well. Rebecca Ferguson will be back in Mission Impossible 7. As will Simon Pegg, Evian Rames, Vanessa Kirby. But there will be some new faces as well. Most notably, Haley Atwell and Pom Clemency, who people may know from the MCU, obviously. Carrie Elways is supposed to be coming up in Mission Impossible 7. So, yeah, just an exciting cast with some newcomers and same people returning. I completely trust Chris McCrory and Tom Cruise on this one. So, I'm pumped for MI7.
1: Christian, you? Any feelings on Mission Impossible? I saw the first one and the fifth one. <laughs> anything
0: else? I not saw
1: another, half of the second one.
0: Another Well, that's the only kind of bad ones, in my opinion. So. I like the rock climbing. There you go. So I have another franchise project for you. We'll start with John Wick and then slide right into Mission Impossible. Thank Christian, you. Christian, what is your number three?
1: Uh, my number three comes out in January. It's Scream. Scream 5 the fifth now here's the thing I've only seen the first and the fourth Scream Christian why do you keep watching these movies out of sequence (laughs)
0: look man
1: (laughs) I have not seen Screams 2 and 3 that being said Scream 1 kind of a masterpiece I don't think you have seen Scream 1
0: I have not seen a single Scream movie so I'll make you watch Mission Impossible and John Wick I'll watch Scream with you Scream (laughs) is
1: so good like the OG Scream it is so ridiculous and comedic I am I this is like my good time pick. Like I want to sit in a theater and watch people get killed in interesting and funny ways by an oh incompetent villain. <laughs> it, it that's what Scream is about. Um it comes out the returning the 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 cast is returning from the originals. It it is the first one that's not being written and directed by Wes Craven or I mean directed by Wes Craven because he sadly passed away in the past five years, I want to say, five, ten yeah, years. I can't remember
0: when, but yeah, recently.
1: Uh, and being directed by Matt, Matt Bett Open and Tyler Gillett, and it was written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. Uh, so it, I mean, we, we have Courtney Cox back. Oh, God bless, friends. Um, <laughs> No, uh, we have Neve Campbell back, David Arquette back, and a lot of they're not even the leads. Like the leads are new characters, and yet it it kind of follows what we did of our eventual horror sequels that basically retcon everything else. This I don't believe this is retconning everything else, but is trying to stay true to the original. Scream, and only focused on the murders that happened in the original, not in what happened in 2, 3, and 4.
0: Very, very interesting. Maybe then I'll, we'll just fit fit in the first one before we're to see this one. Uh, it, it's definitely a franchise that I have become so much more curious about as I've gotten more into horror movies. Because I originally just wrote it off because I didn't do horror movies, and that was stupid, and now I'm a grown-up. And so I'm very curious to check out the rest of them, and maybe I'll, I'll catch this one with you as well.
1: Scream is definitely... OG Scream, because of how funny it is, is a riff on Halloween. It, it It's like, if you appreciate Halloween... Which we, you know that I do. Which, which I know <laughs> that you do. You will very much enjoy how Scream plays with those conventions. Perfect.
0: Well, it's coming soon, so I'll have to get on that, and then we can, we can catch that one in January. My number two, Christian... Speaking of uh, Tom Cruise-related franchises, my number two was also supposed to come out a long dang time ago, and it's one that I've been waiting with much anticipation for, and it is Top Gun Maverick, baby. Tom Cruise, I'm gonna be all, I'm gonna be all in with you, buddy, for 2022. So. Uh, First, Top Gun originally directed by Tony Scott, the brother of Ridley, who unfortunately passed away um, quite a few years ago as well, so this one will be held by Joseph Kaczynski, who, you know, sort of uh, of an interesting choice. He's mainly done big-budget blockbuster movies, um, not any of which I think are particularly well-loved, and so curious to see what he'll bring to this, but... Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer are back, and they are bringing some great new recruits with them, mainly Miles Teller and Glenn Powell, who I'm mostly excited about Glenn Powell, but Miles Teller has had good moments. He's an interesting guy. So there's also a number of other great people coming into this. No Kelly McGillis, unfortunately, for you Top Gun original fans. So I'm kind of sad about that, even though, obviously, their relationship in the original Top Gun, for those of you who are fans know, it's kind of ridiculous, (laughs) but... I am a huge fan of the original Top Gun. I've been waiting for Top Gun Maverick for a very long time. And speaking of Tom Cruise doing crazy things, I mean, he's literally flying fighter jets at his age <laughs> in this movie. So I think it is just going to be an, another very, very good time at the movies. And I hope it makes Glenn Powell to a superstar. So Top Gun Maverick, Christian, I, I've now hit you with four franchises in a row of varying degrees of connectedness for you. Have you any connection to the original Top Gun?
1: I've seen it four different times on four
0: different buses. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible! What a bus movie <laughs> Top Gun is. I mean, do you mean you're watching it on your computer or your phone, or it's like oh, on the screen on the bus? It's on the bus screen.
1: <laughs> so so perfect. I I I've I, I've I don't, i have i do not I I liked it, but I feel like I would have appreciated it if I wasn't on a bus so
0: (laughs) yes I think that
1: I think bus movies are great when you've already seen the movie not when it's your first time seeing the movie right
0: that is very very true
1: and also not when the first time you've seen the movie is on another bus okay so we, we got a lot of
0: catching up to do christian with all these franchises i'm throwing at you and you know in some respects i i, I will uh I'll, I'll let this out now my number one for my personal list is not a franchise so i'm excited to share that but a lot a lot of these movies that i'm excited for are just unfortunately the big franchises that have new installments that i'm already bought in on and i'm all excited about so while i'm i'm confident that you know, maybe one or two of these will make my eventual best of 2022 list. Just in terms of sheer excitement sitting here in December, that's why it's all franchises for me, baby. But Christian, we're going to pass
1: it over to you for your number two. Number two is Disappointment Boulevard, written and directed by Ari Aster. So it's going to be his third feature film. Um, and it is a, it, it, a decades-long, spanning, uh, intimate portrait of a successful entrepreneur. And it is his first foray into comedy horror is what i've heard and it stars Joaquin Phoenix who i like not as much as some some people love him and think he's like the greatest actor of our generation he has been hit or miss for me but i loved him in this year's come on come on i love that movie in general so i'm going to play that movie right now um it is interesting when a horror director decides to go into a subgenre of horror Ari Aster Hereditary actually went down for me as a movie on a second viewing. and But even though it went down, I couldn't deny the craft that was on display. And I think he is a master, especially of editing. Of knowing how to put together his scenes. I am interested in this. If it weren't a comedy horror movie, I don't know if it would have made my top five. But because it is, I cannot wait. It's also got Amy Ryan. Uh, it's got Nathan Lane. It's got Petty LePone. Uh I am... I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I don't know. I I know that you've seen Hereditary. You haven't seen Midsummer, so correct.
0: Yeah. I I so I I I liked, but I feel like I respect Hereditary more than I have a lot of like love and affection for it. Especially as I'm not a particular or not particularly a connoisseur of horror, and I still haven't seen Midsummer. I would definitely like to. You know, we're all about Florence Pugh here on the Cinema Drip Podcast. So I'll get around to it someday. But yeah, I mean, Disappointment Boulevard is one that I can definitely see my excitement building for this. Is like you said more of a comedy horror, has a really great cast. Um, and Ari Aster, even though... I mean, he, he is definitely a very talented director. And so uh, I'm definitely curious about this in terms of my you know sheer excitement didn't make the list. But I'm glad you brought it to my attention. I look forward to seeing it next year. Anything else you wanted to say?
1: No. 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 You okay. can go.
0: In and out. My number one uh, movie that I am personally most excited for heading into 2022 is bullet train which is directed by david leach who i mentioned earlier as part of the john wick discussion but it is starring our guy brad pitt with uh an, again one of these casts with just like every name that goes on you get more excited but quickly write off a few joey king i believe is his co-star here in this movie we also have aaron taylor johnson Stacey beats michael shannon sandra bullock logan lerman and a bunch of others but, I mean, this is the kind of synopsis that you can definitely get my butt in a seat for at a movie theater. Five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. With Brad Pitt at the center and David Leish, who is incredibly gifted at directing these kinds of action movies, am. I am I'm just like, this is the one where no franchise attachment, no IP, just the people involved. I'm jonesing for it. I'm pumped and I'm ready. So give me bullet train. I'll be there opening night. I'm sure, Christian,
1: will you be coming with me? I'll go with you, but I am scared it's going to be like a reminiscence where the (laughs) the people attached are interesting, but the execution leaves something to be desired.
0: I mean, totally fair. And I I definitely like reminiscence more than most. Uh, David Leitch, I mentioned Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blondes. The only other directorial effort that he has outside of those movies is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Which is a very dumb fun action movie. It's one of, speaking of your approach to franchises, of all the Fast and the Furious movies, I've seen The Fast and the Furious, Fast and Furious or Too Fast Too Furious, sorry, and then Hobbs and Shaw. So I'm not a, a devotee of that franchise. I'll but do you
1: one better. I have seen eight. Fast and Furious 8.
0: And that's
1: it. That's
0: Fate it. Fate of the Furious, baby. But, yeah, I think David Leach, I mean, just as a stuntman and stunt coordinator, like, behind the scenes, is incredibly talented. And that's why the, the movies that he's made have been well-received for the most part. Because the, the action that he's able to help to guide and direct comes from that background. And that's why I'm, I'm so excited. Especially, you know, about something like this that gives you a tight, close-quarter type of movie. Something like Snowpiercer, obviously, although a bullet train. Very different from that train. Uh, so, I, I'm just, I'm really pumped. From concept to the people involved. Um... Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm all in for Bullet Train. Christian, what is your number one you're personally most excited for?
1: Uh, My number one is called Bardo, or False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. (laughs) It is an upcoming Mexican comedy film co-written by Alexander Gonzalez Iñárritu and Nicolas Giacoboni. Uh, Directed by Iñárritu, if there is a director whom I owe most of what my interests are, it is in 2. And it is his first foray. Well, it's going to be the first film in seven years that he releases. It is also his, well, since The Revenant, and it's going to be his first foray into comedy. Second foray, well, his first foray into comedy since Birdman, and Birdman was his first foray in it. And Birdman's my favorite movie of all time. So if if Bardo is anything like Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance, I'm <laughs> sensing. I'm thinking of movies with dumb parentheticals. I'm sorry, dumb parentheticals. <laughs>
0: Alejandro Gonzalez in your Too, or the guy who can't resist a really long parenthetical after his one-word movie title. His
1: other movies are called Twenty One Grams, Amores Peros, <laughs> Bull. Like and the Revenant. Yeah, and I the know. Revenant. I
0: know. I'm, Calm down, I'm sir. Josh and yeah, I'm just teasing.
1: Uh, It stars Daniel, Jimenez Cacho, Griselda Siciliani, and Grantham Coleman. I don't know any of those three names, and I am excited to find out about them.
0: You know, Christian, this is definitely one that you put onto my radar. I did not know in your another movie coming out. And as listeners know, although my estimations of Birdman decreased slightly, it's still a movie that I love. And I also was a way bigger fan of The Revenant than a lot of people that year. So (laughs) I definitely want to see more of his movies, as they are typically well-received. And he only has a few, so we'll be able to catch up with those, I'm sure, before catching Bardo. And thank you for
1: putting it on my radar, my friend. Oh, absolutely. This is this is an opening night one. This is one where I'm like, everything else gets Xed out of the calendar. This is this is one where Christian's gonna
0: text me and saying I've got our tickets, and I'll be like, but I have you know, it, like I have a funeral to go to, and they'll be like, you can skip it. Like this is a the person's deal. already dead. But already dead. Yeah, they'll be dragging me to it. So that is. Uh, the end of our personal lists so quickly running that back for me it's franchise city uh number five john wick chapter four number four the batman number three mission impossible seven number two top gun maverick and number one bullet train
1: for for me it is number five the fabelman's number four untitled david Russell project number three scream number two disappointment boulevard and number one barter bardo or false chronicle of a handful of truths <laughs> And so,
0: with that, we're just going to dive right in to our shared top five list. You know, and just to remind you, as we were talking about this, a few movies that came up for the both of us, definitely some movies that we are looking for. And so, Christian, we'll kick it off with number five on this shared list. And that movie is Nope. Jordan Peele's upcoming third feature that we know uh, nothing about.
1: <laughs> it has absolutely no description. The We have the poster, which is a picture of a cloud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. But we do know at this time it is starring Daniel Kaluya and Kiki Palmer.
1: And Stephen Yun as well
0: as Steven Yun, who I I don't think this will be his first movie post Minari, which got him his first Oscar nomination, but an exciting actor regardless. There are a few other names that are thrown out here on Letterboxd, but I think the only ones confirmed at this point are Kaluya, Palmer, and Yun, which either way, really exciting cast, especially I mean, Daniel Kaluuya is at I mean, just an incredible point in his career right now. He's coming off his own Oscar win, and he's made a ton of great movies recently. So I i mean, as people know, I was a fan of Get Out. I mean, it, obviously, it's Get Out. But then I was a huge fan of Us. It was one of my favorite movies of that year, even though a lot of people thought it was a bit of a sophomore slump for Jordan Peele. I thought it was like, it, just, it lived in my mind. It was even more effective for me. Christian, how come Nope ended up on your list as well, hence the shared list?
1: Um, Steven Yun honestly was one of the big reasons, and, and I because I love Minari so much. Steven Yun has kind of like skyrocketed in terms of oh, I want to see what else you can do because he's a funny man also, and we know that uh, we know that Jordan Peele likes to play with humor in his films. And so I'm excited like yeah, use Steven Yun just make him make him do what you want. Uh, I am I respect I respect Get Out a lot and I like it a lot. Us, I guess like I saw as a ton of potential that didn't work for me, but um, I-, I will say he always has original ideas and I want to see those original ideas. And also I will say the-, the audience I went to for us was a primarily black audience and being in kind of like a group of people who do not normally you know look like me because I've been in Hispanic filled theaters before like, I went and saw Encanto, and having most of the theater be Hispanic, I I understand why people are coming out to see it. I liked being in that environment, and so I want to support Jordan Peele in what he does.
0: There you go. One other thing about this movie. You know who's who, who's shooting this movie?
1: Hoytman Hoytman. Hoytman
0: Hoytman. <laughs> First time working with Jordan Peele, but uh obviously a very successful cinematographer he's worked with christopher nolan on his three most recent movies tenet dunkirk and interstellar I'm not forgetting anything am i worked with david russell on the fighter worked with um excuse me sam mendes on specter so he's done james bond he did ad astra one of my favorite movies of that year and nobody else's but also <laughs> he and her like he has made all kinds of movies, but works really well in these sci-fi um, spaces. I think just based on some of the movies, the biggest movies that he's worked on. So, so.
1: because the the cover poster for Nope is a cloud, we think it's sci-fi. <laughs> Who's to say, Christian? It'll probably be a little bit scary, but there's something
0: coming out of the out of the cloud of the poster, like a little thing of Christmas lights. So who knows? Maybe it's uh, aliens attempting to make contact. We'll just have to wait and see. But that is our shared number five, Christian. Would you let, uh, so? You should do our shirt number four. Yeah. So with three and four, we're each kind of championing one of these a little bit stronger. But uh, my number four is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So uh, as you know, if you have already listened to the MCU episode, you know that I am an enormous fan of Black Panther. It is probably my favorite MCU movie. It is definitely up there in terms of my favorites. And so I, you know, no matter what, was going to be all in on the sequel I think my excitement has in a a way i mean any excitement for this movie is going to be a little bit for some people a little bit up and a little bit down because down obviously because of the really tragic passing of chet boseman he i i mean he is tremendous as t'challa as the black panther and it's going to be really really terrible to not have him continuing to play the character and getting to bring more adventures to the big screen i think the reason that i excitement could be up and why it is for me why it made this list for me and i'm curious to hear you know for you what you're most excited about is because i think that opens up some really interesting storytelling possibilities i do trust ryan coogler as a filmmaker i think that the they did a very good job of stacking the supporting cast around him in the original black panther and so there are a ton of excellent actors who are involved with this section of the mcu and i'm really pumped to see what they do with this story and and how they move on from t'challa as a character and you know, no matter what, I was going to be excited about this one, but that sort of anticipation of how they will move forward, I think, is really intriguing to me. It's the first time that the MCU has had to deal with something like this outside of somebody just not wanting to be in a movie. And so, you know, we, we say, oh, they're off doing this thing. But in this circumstance, we really do have to move on from Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. So I'm curious to see how they will do that. Christian, what are you most looking forward to about Wakanda
1: Forever? Oh, that's so easy. Danny Guerrera, as Okoye. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love Okoye. Also, Danny Guerrero is a talented playwright. And I I want to support her in all that she does. And I I know that we joked about this, but legitimately, my favorite scenes in OG Black Panther, which I think is one of the best that MCU has put out, are the scenes that Okoye is in. Um, She's quite good. She is hilarious. She is talented. She is athletic. I am interested in what she does. I know that some of the supporting characters got larger roles following the tragic death of Boseman, and so I hope that she got a larger role.
0: Oh, I mean, me too, and I will say that Black Panther in particular, I mean, the the women that they put into that movie to play the major supporting players for the most part were all incredible choices. Lupita Nyong'o, of course, Letitia Wright playing Shuri, who I think is going to be the maybe the most central character but well that remains to be seen angela bassett obviously um and now adding added to wakanda forever michaela cole who if you followed along with i may destroy you or is that i may destroy you yeah. yeah okay um you know that she is an incredible talent to watch and so curious to see how someone like that will fit into the mcu too so black panther wakanda forever we're both looking forward to it and hey speaking of the marvel cinematic universe christian what's our shared number three
1: Thor: Love and Thunder. Thor: Love and Thunder is our shirt number three. I am so happy right now. Oh I wish man.
0: You can see the smile on Christian's face. He's beaming.
1: Okay, sure. You know, co-written by Taika Waititi and Jennifer K- um, Kaden Robinson, Ken Robinson, and directed by Taika Waititi. Sure, you know, and Chris Hemsworth, very attractive dude, and you know, Natalie Portman is being brought back. Sure, sure, sure but Christian Bale is playing a character called Gore the God Butcher. <laughs> I just want him to yell out I am Gore. <laughs> I just really want that. I want him to go full like 190,000% British accent. And I I need I I I Christian Bale's like one of my two dads. <laughs>
0: So you're pumped about this, is what I'm gathering.
1: <laughs> yes, very much so.
0: I, too, am looking forward to Thor Love and Thunder, especially because I think the Thor movies in particular are on an upward trajectory, and as we were going through the MCU movies, we were watching them in anticipation for our MCU episode, I realized what an absolute asset that Chris Hemsworth is to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He, is, he has the capability to be hysterical and utterly serious, and it is—I I, think—it's hard to to do both of those things in the same movie. But he is certainly up to the challenge, and so I'm really excited about him moving forward because he's what the the one survivor of the original Avengers. Tony Stark is passed on, so has Black Widow, Chris Evans, and his Captain America. How very old
1: Hawkeye? Hawkeye's still <laughs> Hawkeye out is there? still around.
0: He is thriving on Disney Plus right now. And uh, we do have Hulk, Bruce Banner. We have Hulk. But uh, regardless, I am very excited to see how Thor and Hemsworth figure into the future of the MCU. I really sincerely hope that Christian Bale has an incredible amount of screen time. But it'll be good to have now. If he's a butcher,
1: back. does he have one of those like big rectangle knives? A, a meat cleaver?
0: Yes. Uh, maybe a God-sized meat cleaver, as he's, he of course, Gore, the, the God, God Butcher. butcher. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, the supporting cast here is good enough.
1: Would have been good Thomas,
0: enough? Tessa Thompson obviously coming back, but, I mean, they're bringing in the Guardians of the Galaxy as well, which, again, as you know, we're both big fans of those movies. Well, Christian. I'm so... Um, okay. I, 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 spoke, I spoke too, too soon. You have confused with someone else. I did. I spoke too soon. Sorry for the offense there, but I'm very excited to see how Thor and the Guardians will all mesh together, and Christian is going to be thrown into the gumbo pot. Uh, and, I, look, Russell Crowe is also featured on here playing someone named Zeus... According to Letterboxd, I'm not sure what that's about. I heard heard Matt Damon comes back as one of the actors. Yes, the actors uh, playing fake Thor and Loki and Odin uh, with Melissa McCarthy allegedly playing actor Hella. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, But regardless, I'm, I'm glad to have Taika Waititi back for Love and Thunder. I am looking forward to this one too. So, of course, Thor, Love and Thunder are shared number three.
1: Let me give our number two, because I'm more excited about our number two, and you're more excited about our number one. This is true. Okay. Um, At number two is Avatar 2. Coming, you know, v v quick after the first one. Just uh, a quick
0: decade after the original Avatar.
1: Um, Co-written by uh, James Cameron and Josh Friedman. Directed by James Cameron. It is his first movie since 2009's Avatar. Uh, I have been making my way through some of James Cameron's filmography. Before we, before we get out too far from that, it's not
0: his first movie since Avatar, because James Cameron has another documentary, *The Explorer*. Yes, uh, he directed a documentary about his personal explorations of the deep. The deep. (laughs) (laughs) I really uh, sidetracked this for no reason, Christian. Um, Apologies. My sincerest apologies. Please forgive me.
1: I'll cut it in post. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Avatar 2. His first movie since 2009. Um, Look, I'm not the biggest fan of the original Avatar. But Aliens and Titanic, to me, are five out of five star movies. And therefore, I am excited to see how what he does with sequels t2 phenomenal aliens phenomenal i he, he is a a on a league he is on a planet on of his own when it comes to action and he is going underwater in avatar 2 and i am excited i mean we have basically the queen of all sci-fi here again sigourney weaver the princess of all sci-fi zoe Saldana. <laughs> Sam Worthington, who has been in no movies we know since Avatar.
0: <laughs> Sam Worthington, noted star of *The Shack* with Octavia Spencer.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's got Michelle Yeoh, Kate Winslet rejoining since *Titanic*. I mean, it is, it is, it is going to be an experience, and I have hope that James Cameron gets us all out there to see his. This is his *Star Wars*. Apparently, he has made this his *Star Wars*.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, a much bigger fan of the original Avatar. It, it was a, a huge movie for me when it came out. I saw it three times in theaters. It was the first movie that I saw multiple times in theaters. It just, I, I was an enormous fan. And the fact that we had to wait this long, not just for Avatar 2, but for basically the, the continuation of this franchise that he's trying to build. Now that there is essentially... I mean, we're, we're the first people I've heard talk about this movie <laughs> in terms of excitement as opposed to just announcing that it's coming out. So I am really, really curious to see how successful this movie is because Avatar is literally the biggest movie of all time outside, you know, Avengers Endgame. Nope, beat it. It's it's back on top. So the original Avatar is literally the biggest movie of all time and nobody talks about it or cares about it. Nobody talks about Avatar. And so... I am incredibly curious to see if Avatar 2 is... I mean, not even successful as a movie, but successful in general. Because he's got plans for Avatar 2, 3, and 4. And these movies are, at this point, very hard to cancel. Like, they're probably coming no matter what. And so, I am really curious about Avatar 2. They're, they added some great people. They're bringing back their great people. And also Sam Worthington. <laughs>
1: so, i I too am very very much looking forward to this movie cinematography so. by russell carpenter who did the cinematography for titanic there you go
0: bringing back russell carpenter all uh, right yeah so james cameron back in the director's chair <laughs> random documentaries <laughs> notwithstanding and yeah i think and i hope that avatar 2 will be an enjoyable time with the movies but we shall see
1: all right let's go give us our number one
0: our shared number one movie that we're most excited about looking towards 2022 is of course Babylon. Don't know why I said of course, but it is Babylon, directed by Damien Chazelle. His return to the movies after First Man, the Neil Armstrong biopic, uh, set in Hollywood during the transition from silent films to talkies, mixing historical and fictional characters, always a good time. And once again, we have a you know a star-studded cast here. Uh, Brad Pitt once again, Margot Robbie once again, Catherine Waterston, Samara Weaving, and uh, hopefully, in what amounts to a lot of supporting screen time, Tobey Maguire.
1: I I don't even know what to think about Tobey Maguire anymore, but <laughs> he is a person. He is, he is an actor. He is not just a person. He is he is Peter Parker. He's Spider Man, Christian. I do have a soft spot in my heart for his Peter Parker. I can't lie. Yes. Okay, um, you love Walla Land. I do. For for
0: a very, very long time, I've considered La La Land, you know, not just one of them, but my favorite movie ever, tied with Singing in the Rain, that LA-based double feature that I'm a sucker for. But yeah, those two movies are incredibly meaningful for me. I'm humongous fans of them. But I, I'm i all in with Damon Chazelle. I, I regrettably have not seen his debut feature, Guy and Madeline sitting on a park bench.
1: I haven't seen it either. But I... Have I have seen First Man. I like First Man.
0: I, I loved First Man. First Man was my ad astra <laughs> year, where I was like, why isn't anybody else picking up on how good this movie is? And I also am an enormous fan of Whiplash, which... I also really like Whiplash. Yes. So just a really great run there and obviously working in different styles, you know, a lot of music with his first few features, but first man was a heavy shift for him and still just as good as the other movies that he's made. Now, Babylon is this, hopefully and from what it sounds like, nostalgic, romantic look at Hollywood, which is like catnip for me, especially when you're casting people that I love, like Brad Pitt, Mark Robbie and Toby McGuire. He's also bringing back some key collaborators. So Tom Cross is his editor here who. Has edited uh, all of his previous movies except the debut and he won an Oscar for Whiplash and Linus Sandgren is doing the cinematography. Music by Justin Horwitz who did La La Land. Yeah so a lot of his like a lot of familiar faces a lot of same collaborators here even down to the costumes Mary Zofras who a lot of you will know from movies that she's made over the years she did First Man and La La Land as well so he is bringing back people that know what they're doing that most of them have won Oscars if not all of them you know for their different Capacities, and I am—I'm just so excited to get another Damien Chazelle movie.
1: He likes to work with people who he, he likes to write stories about people who have dreams and/or potentials and/or drive. Um, which I love. I—I I absolutely adore that from him. It—it—it it, it does make me wonder what it would be like for him to take on like a scumbag. <laughs> but i am very excited for babylon this is yeah this is catnip hollywood love hollywood and i'm okay with that
0: yeah and i honestly think out of everything that we listed i'm sure that some especially some of those action franchise movies that i was going on about earlier there's definitely a chance that that they could be middling mediocre you know i think babylon has the capacity to be excellent and terrible. (laughs) Like I think, you know, not every director makes banger after banger. It remains to be seen with Damien Chazelle. And this kind of movie that sort of looks back at Hollywood often can be a movie that sounds really great when everyone's building anticipation for it and then it's, you know, being it's in production and we're waiting for it. And then it's the kind of movie that can come out and be a disappointment, be a flop. And so this I wouldn't say this is feast or famine. He's got a really good track record, but I do think that, you know, he's someone who's continuing to work with original stories, although obviously First Man was about a historical figure. He's mixing history and fiction this time. I think it could be, you know, one of the best movies of next year, or it could be a huge disappointment. And I'm really excited about that tension, too, because a lot of these movies, it's safe. Mission Impossible 7 is probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> uh, but I think Babylon could be a huge swing and a miss or, com- like, just a grand slam. So... I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. I'm really glad to hear that you are too, which means, you know, we'll get to see it together, hopefully. As as many of these movies we'll hopefully get to see it together. So anything
1: else you want to add on Babylon Christian? I presents you your twenty twenty three Best Picture frontrunner.
0: Whoa, already.
1: <laughs> we haven't even had twenty twenty two yet. This is coming out in twenty twenty two. That's just why I'm saying twenty twenty three, sir. Yeah,
0: I know. I just meant we haven't even had the the upcoming Oscar ceremony, <laughs> and you're already crowning a frontrunner.
1: I think it's I. I th- well, when you when you just look, we all just look at the paper, and see which movies are coming out, and then we're prepared to vote for them. <laughs> this is this is it. I think for right now, until we get something else but yeah, I right mean, now this is I think this is Hollywood's number one most expected
0: yeah if so, if some kind of crazy mobster comes to your oh, house oh no wait
1: maybe um uh, Killers of the Flower Moon
0: I mean Killers of the Flower Moon uh, like definitely has a chance Scorsese spotty history with the Academy Awards obviously uh, and even Damien Chazelle obviously La La Land famously runner up to Best Picture and then First Man comes out and it gets a few technical nominations and that, that was that so he did, obviously. He has two Best Picture nominations out of four feature films, so not too shabby. But, uh, you know, there is definitely a chance that this is not, uh, you know, uh, the Best Picture runner. but for all we know, could be. So, with that, Let's that is... Let's run it back. Let's run it back. Let's run it back, yes. With that, that is our top five shared movies that we're most looking forward to.
1: Number five?
0: Number five. I'm already forgetting. Number five, Nope. Jordan Peele's upcoming third feature.
1: Uh... Give number four. Number four, Black Panther, Wakanda, Forever. Number three, Thor, Love, and Thunder. And number two, Avatar 2.
0: And say it with me, Christian.
1: Number Number one, one, Babylon. Wow. All right. That was bad. Um, (laughs) So, y'all, these are movies for you to put on your radars. For everyone. We have a mix of IP that you all want. We have, thankfully because of me, a mix of (laughs) (laughs) A mix of indie and director, writer-driven things. Good job, Christian. We have MCU movies for you. We have action Avatar movies for you. We have old Hollywood. We have futuristic sci-fi. Make your pick. I think the only thing that's missing is an animated movie, but there's only one animated movie I'm excited for next year. Which is
0: the Into the Spider-Verse sequel, I would assume. Okay,
1: honestly, I am. Honestly, I really am. But... Let's give our honorable mentions. So what are yours?
0: Uh, just a few quick honorable mentions for me. One, uh, Deepwater, which I'm sure many of you haven't even heard of at this point, but it's an Adrian Line directed erotic thriller starring Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas, who are no longer dating but did start dating after this movie. It'll be very interesting. Also, really looking forward to The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is Nicolas Cage playing himself. It's going to be ridiculous, and I'm so excited. There's a few others, of course, Christian, but what are a couple honorable mentions
1: for you? I have five. I have The Flash, the DC movie with Ezra Miller and Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck coming back as Batman. Um, Michael Keaton is the other one of my dads. (laughs) (laughs) Knives Out 2, Ryan Johnson, Daniel Craig comes back as the... um, Yeah,
0: just an enormous miss for me not to have
1: Knives Out 2 on either of my lists, so thank you for bringing that up. Lightyear, which I think is an animated homage to Star Wars based on the Pixar Lightyear. I'm excited <laughs> Holy for it. <laughs> <laughs> Cha Cha Real Smooth, which do you know about this movie? Uh, no, I was going to say, you get another movie that you texted me about that I had not heard of, so fill me in. So, Cooper Rafe, who wrote and directed Shithouse, that came out last year. Yes. This is his movie, and there's some, some people believe, because he won South by Southwest last year, that he'll try to debut Cha Cha Real Smooth. At Sundance
0: very very
1: interesting um and also the banshees of Innie Sharon which is Martin McDonough's upcoming movie it's got um Colin Farrell and it's also got Barry Cogan in it and uh, your guy your guy Druid, my, my, my dude so I'm excited I I know that I like three billboards much more than most but I I also love in Bruges, which is what he it, it which is what he did beforehand so there you go. Those
0: are my honorable mentions. One, one last one I want to make sure that I mention. It's a, sort of an inverse of the Ari Aster situation, but Robert Eggers is coming back to cinemas with the Northmen. And although I've only seen The Witch and missed The Lighthouse, I'm still really excited about this one as it's going to be set in Viking territory. And we'll have, again, there's a very stacked cast, and he, Eggers' attention to detail and period costuming and all that is immaculate. So.
1: so you're telling me that the three horror masters who have debuted in the 2010s Robert Eggers, Ari Aster, and Jordan Peele are all having horror movies come out in
0: 2022. I you know, I w- based on his previous movies, I would assume The Northman might have a horror bent. I'm not sure if it will. It it might just be
1: more Oh, of he a, might be a psychological thriller.
0: Yeah, it, it it says in 10th century Iceland, a Nordic prince sets out on a mission of revenge after his father is murdered. So, I'm sure that Eggers could Im- imbue some horror into that if he wanted to, but otherwise it sounds like a maybe more of a standard sort of action-adventure-revenge-thriller kind of situation. But, uh, I mean, great cast, and Eggers is an exciting filmmaker, so one that I'm looking forward to just didn't make the list for kind of the same reasons that Ari Aster did. Okay, so this is... We're done. We're done! (laughs) Those are our most anticipated movies of 2022, with a few honorable mentions sprinkled in at the end there. If there's anything that we missed, obviously, please do send us an email. We'd love to know your thoughts, and we thank those Oh, you. you know what
1: we missed? We, we, we missed Doctor Strange. So well, people we, are going to tell us how we missed Doctor Strange. Maybe we did. We tried not to go all in on the MCU, but it, it'll be good. Uh, so...
0: Yes, if you think we missed something like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, do send us an email at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. And a big thank you to those who sent in your feedback for our MCU episode, which you got shoutouts on that episode. If you want more, go ahead and send in some th- some thoughts to the email cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. There are a few other things you can do to support the show. Of course, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and give us a rating and a review on Apple podcasts there helps us reach new listeners and we'd love to shout out our reviews as a thank you as well and hey if whatever podcatcher you're using has a review function we would appreciate those five star reviews please and thank you you can also follow christian and myself on letterboxd where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we're watching a lot of marvel reviews coming up for us these days christian have you been reviewing or rating more
1: rating more i i did review um captain america first avenger because it blew me away this time around i did not there there was a a craftsmanship and kind of like a knowledge to comic books that the first captain america has i've had forgotten so i reviewed that one but outside i've i've watched like upwards of 12 marvel (laughs) movies this week it's so much but I, i i was reminded of how much i love this franchise
0: there you go
1: So, of course, if you missed that
0: episode, you came to this one first, do check that out. And, of course, we'd love to engage with you all on Letterboxd. We have not yet gotten too many people onto Letterboxd. I'm more of a champion, I know, but we we got... We need to get Timmy on Letterboxd. I feel
1: like he would (laughs) like it.
0: (laughs) Maybe he would. We'll get Timmy and Tyler on Letterboxd yet. So... That is, that, is, that is it. I'm stumbling over my normal ending here because we, we chatted a little bit about MCU movies. So uh, follow, subscribe, email, social media. Do it. Do it all, folks. And that just remains what's coming up next week on the Cinema Drew Podcast. Is it awards? <laughs> so... Uh, we're going to tell you right now, it, it it's a little bit up in the air because last year we did a Christmas streaming recommendations episode with our buddy Paul Yoder, which you should definitely go listen to. It was a good time. And then the Drippies for last year, which were our awards for everything that we covered on the show, going through our favorite movies that we covered, our favorite performances, uh, so on and so forth. So we will be having the Drippies triumphant return the second annual drippies coming this december but we're still determining if we're going to do another episode in between this and the drippies because we like to have a little bit of a holiday break but schedules may line up differently this year than they did last year so all that to say look forward to the drippies would love 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 to know your thoughts of course on our the, the year in cinema drip but we might have another episode come out in between this one and that one so stay tuned I don't got anything. All right, folks. If you've reached this point in the episode, of course, thanks so much for listening. We love you and we appreciate you. Until next time, this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.